0: Welcome to the Tatum and Pearson podcast, bringing you all the latest news and opinion from the world of Speedway. It's out of the top drawer.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast, as always, with our good friends, Mark and Damien from PBHS Utilities. BT's Natalie Quirk, the Quirkmaster, is uh, with us as always. And we've got a special guest with us um, this time. We've got the four-time World Speedway Champion, Greg Hancock, joining us. Welcome, Greg. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure to be a part of this one. Yeah, I, uh, we're looking forward to it. We're going to look back, of course, on the last two rounds of the World Championship and the series series as a whole. Um, it's been condensed into five weeks. Natalie, you normally get the first question, but we've got a new boy on board tonight. Oh, <laughs> uh,
2: right. Okay. I'm not the special guest anymore, <laughs>
1: he's, he's not. He, he, yeah, you've been demoted. I'm terribly <laughs> sorry um but he's at and, the tapes and we don't want it you know the draconian laws we don't want him rolling and we don't want him touching the tapes he don't want to blow it in the first heat so greg <laughs> greg um bartosz marslik how good was he and how much did he want
3: it well i mean it's uh, his actions speak for themselves right i mean the guy the guy was just probably the most hungry speeder rider this year without a doubt and um it just showed and everything he started off the series kind of um on his game but not not as uh, demanding as as usual and then just just built up the speed built up the the consistency and i think that whatever new things he was running with this year he was just building the momentum as he started the year and then just got more and more comfortable with it and then it didn't matter what you threw in front of him the dude was just mastered it and he's deservedly the world champion
1: do you think that um I did feel for him. I don't know what your opinion is here. As you've been world champion four times coming into the next season, there, there must be a sense of anticipation, um, people expecting you to do the business. He had to wait because of the pandemic until June. Um, do you think that that may have played a part? You know, that, that, that couldn't have been easy to deal with, really.
3: No, not at all. I mean, this year as a whole is is really, I mean, it's an, it's an odd one, you know, as we all know, and we don't need to keep talking about it, but uh, he didn't get the, the, you know, like the real chance to defend it the way most of us always did. However, he defended it in a whole new, uh, a whole new type of a series, back-to-back races. He didn't have a lot of time to fix anything that might've gone wrong or, or try to recap on really what happened. You had to get straight back into it. And uh, he mastered it anyway. So, I mean, take, take nothing away from the guy. I, I said yesterday, like, you, sometimes you need a little luck. Sometimes you need a lot of luck. But that dude didn't need any luck at all. He just went out there and did it.
1: Yeah, he did. He was mightily impressive. I think the, the two meetings from Prague where he didn't have a particularly good record, I think a lot of people have been saying, oh, well, it was a foregone conclusion because everything was based in Poland and, you know, because of that, it was a it was just a cruise. But to be honest, you know, he turned up in Prague having had a good couple of rounds in Gorjov. But then to win back-to-back Grand Prixs, you can't really argue against that, can you?
3: No way. I mean, you can't you can't say anything negative about that guy whatsoever, except that dang, I wish I would have beat him too. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I've got to say that 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 second night in Prague, I said some of the races that he was in. <clears throat> Um, I don't know what you thought, Natalie, but I just think they're some of the most spectacular races we've seen in recent times.
2: Really fantastic to, to watch Bartosz Marslik this season. He was by far the best rider this season, a, a deserved winner. To do it back-to-back, I mean, yes, he wins races. He, he wins them. I mean, and they're all important, aren't they? But he, he performs under pressure. We've seen that. He, he does what he needs to do in the significant races. And we saw yesterday as well, Greg saying there, you know, doing it back to back. If, if something's going wrong, you've not got much time to recover. But we saw, you know, he had a big spill in on the Friday night, and and he admitted himself on the Saturday, it was difficult for him mentally and and physically. Um, but he did, and, he's, and I've said as well, you know, his battles with Ty Woffinden have just been box office. They've been fantastic, yeah. and I think a lot of that to do as well. He's. His riding style, he's fascinating to watch, isn't he? And um, yeah, Mm. he was uh, by far, as I say, the best rider this season.
1: Yeah, he has been fantastic to watch Nige. And we've been uh, very privileged to actually commentate on the series. And there's no question that whenever Bartosz is around, there's going to be some breathtaking speedway. And he has produced um, time and time again through this series. And, you know, like if we just focus on Heat 18 on Friday night, you know, when you look back now, well, obviously we now have the benefit of hindsight, but how important was that race? And, you know, he was, you know, he put himself on his backside in his second ride, you know, dusted himself down. Things weren't... He rode three bikes that night. You know what I mean? So things weren't going really to plan. But by golly, like Natalie just said, when the chips were down, when his back was against the wall, he produced.
0: Yeah, and I love watching him race. Uh, he is box office and... You know, if if Bartosz was coming to my local track uh, and I wasn't working and I had to pay my hard-earned to go through the turnstiles when fans are allowed in stadiums, but that's another story, of course. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would pay. I would pay my hard-earned to go and watch Bartosz Marshley, like like I would have done with Darcy Ward and 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 Greg, of course. And. And all, and all the lads like that. You know, Bartosz Marslik is a fantastic talent on a speedway bike. And he did it when it mattered most. He admitted in the interview, post-meeting, straight afterwards, it was hard on my head in terms of mentally. And he handled the mental side of it brilliantly. Uh, and back-to-back world titles is brilliant. Um, not quite sure... What Greg's thoughts are on that because Greg after your first world title it took you from 1997 to 2011 what were you
3: playing at Greg <laughs> You know that's the question I still ask myself pretty much you know I guess <laughs> obviously I was I wasn't hungry enough or <laughs> something was up I was there all the time but um you well, know, I, just... yeah,
1: I'll tell you what mate you were taking your time that's all you were just taking your time
3: Exactly. You know, you just—I I still look at it and go, I, I don't know what we were thinking or what the heck was going on, but that doesn't mean we weren't working our butts off, spending a lot of time, money, and effort, and and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears here and there in between. But suddenly, I—it I, all clicked, you know—and I started working with different people and working with different manufacturers. And I went, "Wow, you don't have to ride the same thing that everybody else is riding to win races. You can actually ride stuff of your own and and make it work and have something that little extra special." And that's what it took for me. Brilliant. Yeah. brilliant,
1: brilliant, brilliant. I think that you know we've obviously we've we've all witnessed it. And Smarzlik is a special talent, and as I say, when it's really up against it in the last two meetings, it ne- you know you can't always have a flawless performance. But he has the ability, even when things aren't going quite as well as he would like, he can win ugly. You know to me he's That's probably being a little harsh, but you know what I mean what, by that, Greg. You know, some nights there are nights. Yeah. Where You're not quite getting the setup you want. You're not quite riding as you want, but you somehow find a way to do it. And I think...
3: That's what he did, didn't he, over the last, over the two nights in Tollum? Well, if you back, even backing up to Prague, you know, I mean, you saw some of his long track styles that he got from you when he was chasing, you know, <laughs> racing with Ty. He, uh, he, the guy, like, exactly what you said, he was all over the bike, you know. I think the bike was working good anyway, but he, for me, when I watched him in that one, he was, he was trying to, to squeeze every last mile per hour, RPM, whatever he could, out of that bike and it felt like he was tapped out, he was on the rev limiter, so he just thought if I just stretch out on this thing and keep myself low, I might get a little less wind drag and I might just get the drive to get past him. Mm-hmm. And he was he's riding the bike like, it's like a uh, a mini bike it's like it's nothing for him so a guy a guy that's riding like that and he's just turning the bike and he's he's making a lot of really good straight lines he doesn't spend time drifting out of the corners and drifting down the straightaways he's he's pointing it and that's where he gets his speed in my opinion
1: Well, he's made his mark, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, to be presented by the Prime Minister, who quite clearly was more than happy for uh, too many people to be in the stadium, um, that was (laughs) delighted to have that. I must say, um, Natalie, that as a spectacle on television, obviously we weren't there uh, on television with 10,000 people in the stadium. I think it made it look fantastic. And how special was that moment to actually win the World Championship and then to go on and win the Grand Prix with the top man there, that must... Uh, I, I, I can't imagine how that feels, but it must be pretty damn special. Well,
2: yeah, we, we, you could hear... I mean, you could see how many people were in the stadium, but you could hear the, fir- the first heat that Smarzak came out of and the first corner and the roar from the crowd. You could hear it straight away. And, and that must be... That must give you goosebumps as a rider, as a Polish rider there, and to be on the brink of, of another world title. For him to, to go on and do it when, like we said, he's, his back was against the wall, he won two heats on Saturday and one of them was the final you know he was he was up against it the the relief having done having secured the title in in the semi final and then and then to go on and and win his first uh, grand prix in toron as well i mean it, the way he did it on on saturday i think it's just the mark of a true champion and to do it in in toron extra special
1: do you Absolutely. see nice do you see how she slipped that in there she because she, she's the first one that's come out with a stat. She's the first one, so she's clearly done some homework again. Yeah. You know, we're, we're just flying by the seat of our fences. Well, he only won two races last night, of course. You know, um, you know, but he won the important race. I, I don't know if I like this, I'm, sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, but you're absolutely right, which is very frustrating. Um, but But he did do the business. And I, Nige, I think before we move on to one or two other of the contenders like Woofie and Lingren, what are your thoughts?
0: More world uh, championships in him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, without doubt. I I think Ty's got another world championship in him as well. I didn't Uh, ask that. I didn't ask (laughs) that. No, no, no. Bartosz, Bartosz, without a doubt, has got more world titles in him. Um, I think he could maybe equal Greg's four. Uh, quite, quite possibly. Um, I'm not going to say quite easily because it is not easy to win four world titles, and um, you know it's a fantastic achievement, of course. But I think Bartosz, because he's 25 years of age, has got that potential to do that. I, I think Bruce Pennell could have done that if he hadn't gone into a movie career, yeah, because he was the right age. So um, I, I think for sure Bartosz has got more world titles in him. Um, Ty, I think, has got another one in him at least. Um, I think Magic has got one in him as well. Uh, So there's exciting times ahead for the Speedway Grand Prix. And um, Bartosz Marszlik has been fantastic. He's a great rider. I've got to tell you this, boys and girls. I had a a message on uh, social media earlier today. I tuned into the Speedway last night, Nige, and the Polish lad who won it, I heard his interview is that his real voice? <laughs> <laughs> I am delighted. I am very happy.
3: Did you respond?
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't like to get involved in, in things like that, Craig. I, I nearly responded by saying. I nearly responded by saying, "Well, yeah, his voice hasn't broken and his balls haven't dropped yet." But well, I thought that'd be out of order.
3: That might have been out of order. Yeah. Well,
1: no, he's he's always out of order, Pearson. Um. But I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think we've done a lot on Smileslick, and rightly so, as the, as the uh, two-time World Speedway Champion. Now, um, Greg, uh, Freddie Lindgren, Ty Woofenden—they put plenty of pressure on him. Um, they didn't make it easy for him. Um, Woofenden, um, with the new point scoring system, he didn't win a Grand Prix, but he kept himself in there. Um, I don't know. How do you sum up his campaign?
3: Well, you know, Ty is the guy who, you know, for sure, I believe he's got more more success in him. And um, However, in this day and age, the some of these youngsters with, with size, like Smarzyk to begin with, that's going to be the, the hardest part for Ty to win another world title because Bartosz is, he is so solid and he is so hungry and he's still young. As you guys were just saying, he has got a lot of years left in him, and he's just coming into his prime, right? So, you know, for the rest of the going to dictate. Are there going to be guys that are going to step up to the plate to to be able to give them contention? Now you've got Freddie, who is very solid, too. He's always been solid, but, you know, guys are – the system is changing a little bit now, too. And, and with this new point-scoring system, you you have to be consistent, but you just need to get the points to get to the semis, hopefully get a decent gate draw, but your, your plan B has got to be good in the first quarter. Once
1: you've won a few world championships, kind of you need somebody that's going to kick you up the ass and keep you sharp, surely. You know what I mean? That's what makes you in the winter. Right. He's the man now. We need to up our game. That's how I would respond. And I think that without Ty, a, if he wants without a one, doubt. that's what they've got to do, isn't it? They've got to go into this winter and say, right, this man's the real deal. We've got we've to
3: perform better. They absolutely, and you know, Bartosz is his family. His dad is, is a very clever man, you know, and he's, he's done a lot of work with that kid and with chassis and engines and all sorts of stuff over the years. Yeah, and you can true. see that that's his true. dad is also taking the step back a little bit. Maybe COVID has caused that as well because they can't have as many people around, but his dad is stepping back out of the picture a little bit, and you're the kid is really rising to the occasion. So, um ty does definitely does these, these are the kind of guys you got to look up to and and for me all the years yeah. that i rode when new go, new guys got in and got faster i had to stay close to them you know keep your friends close and your enemies closer right
1: lining up <laughs> against marslick in 2021 and he's just done what he's done and he's nicked your world title off you you're thinking what are you going to do what are you going to do to get better what how are you going to beat this kid
3: yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I'm already thinking about how I would be to myself right now and what I would be doing to try to make myself just that little bit extra special watching how his starts were phenomenal most of the year. And then the nights that he was off track conditions could change. And that's, that's the part that's really difficult for guys. So if he wasn't making good starts, he usually found the way to build the speed on on, on the track, but um, you you really have to step up your game training is always going to be important for the mental more than the physical side except that you need to be limber on the bike and you need to be confident in your own ability as well as your own equipment if you're if you're guessing and you're looking to see what guys are doing too much because you want to be you know young, yeah I don't think I'm fast enough you're going to beat yourself up mentally but you got to look at him and see okay he's good there how can I be that little bit better than him right there?
0: Just listening to you, which I find <laughs> you go to the fascinating. I'm not just saying that because I've known you for so many years. Um, are you saying that Bartosz was technically better set up mechanically as well as mentally and physically and naturally talented? Are you saying that his bike setup and his technical uh, expertise with his team was better than anybody else's as well? With Bartosz, you just look at him. He's
1: down there. He's chatting to the mechanic. He's by the back wheel. He's involved with the bike. He, I think he has an understanding of the equipment, and I think that's absolutely vital. And I'm sure there are lots of riders in the pits these days that don't do that, and as a consequence, they have inconsistency. Um, and they, you know, when you've got a guy over there, literally next to you, watch him learn. He's it's a free lesson, isn't it? It's unbelievable.
3: It really is, you've <laughs> gotta be, you know, and, and you, you have to have your eyes and ears open all the time and at the same time, don't let them know that you're looking and listening, you know? And if you look at Bartosz the way he is, and I think we talked about this at one stage and even in Talking Dirt maybe, that he uh, he's, when he's, he, the way he directs his nerves and his, his adrenaline on the day is he goes and he speaks to riders constantly and he'll bounce around the pits. He'll even speak to mechanics, and you saw him doing a tour, and he'll go to his teammates from from Gorjov or former teammates, or he'll walk up <laughs> into your own pits. You well, know?
1: I might just give him a right-hander. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but... <laughs> but but it is quite unsettling because I have noticed that he quite often engages in conversation with yeah. people where back in the day nobody spoke yeah. to anybody. I everybody mean, was miserable as sin, apart from Kelly Moran, who you, who just talked to everybody. Um, but uh, no, I wonder why that was. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> um,
3: Natalie, <laughs> N- N- yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Thank God, thank God, we're all different. Natalie, um, uh, we've, we've been chatting away there. Matt Unovsky, he 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 is such a cool-looking rider. But doesn't he frustrate? I mean, wow! He started the series so well, and then goes missing, and then finishes well.
2: Yeah, it's something that we've we've spoken about on numerous occasions uh, this season. Such a, a good start to the to the series. Delighted for him in Vox Live. He's ticked something off the list, but. To, to finish in fourth and and this weekend i suppose he was a little bit in in no man's land in that he knew he couldn't better fourth place really um but actually but still put in a fantastic performance this weekend and yeah, it is it is frustrating sometimes because you know the quality of the riding and his skill and his ability and there's definitely world championships in him um but do it's, you that think that do you really
1: believe that do you really believe that
2: yeah, I, 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 he's got to get that consistency though, and it's something actually that, that I spoke to Greg about on uh, on Friday night, and he will know he, he has more of an insight than me with uh, having worked with Magic. But yeah, it's, it's that it's that consistency, it's that that mental part of mm. the of the sport, I think, and the makeup of it.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, I I think that. Um... Janowski, just I don't know him, Greg, we'll come to you in a minute about this, but just from looking at him, he just looks too comfortable, you know, and he's like everything's great, he earns good money, rising vlog, and everything's working nice, and but there isn't that hunger like you've spoken about, Greg, with, with Schmarzlick, where he wants it more than everybody else. And like Yanofsky, if it isn't going quite right or they have a couple of indifferent rights, he just disappears. And I'm just thinking, come on, mate. You're better than that. You've got to dig in and grind away.
3: And if he doesn't do that, he won't be world champion. It's as simple as that. It's a really good, valid point. I agree with both of you guys on this. And I believe that he's got a world championship in him. If he's got numerous, I don't know. Uh, he has got to be more hungry. He looked really, really hungry in Rostov at the beginning of the year, and he had a different look on his face in the pits, and he didn't have that relaxed feeling that you mentioned as well. And I know Magic's a very laid-back guy, and that's what makes Magic magic. And um, he's he's such a great kid, and he can be very focused. However, maybe I think that the nerves and excitement of all this can Okay, make him more laid back rather than getting like finding the fire you know i gotta fuel the fire here i gotta Mm -hmm. i've got to turn this nerves this adrenaline into real and that's how i see him and i I know him pretty well and the the other thing though now is you know he's working with my mechanic Raphael, who actually brought who brought magic into our camp when he was like 10 or 11 years old or something and uh, so i know and obviously rafael and i worked together for a lot of years and the two of us we found a really interesting combination of how we work together and how how we managed to understand each other and he could read my body English and read my mind and read the way I walked and the way I stood and the, everything so he could tell on the day what he needed to say to me to make sure that I was in the right frame of mind and he will be looking at magic the same and we've discussed magic over the years about his progress and where he was maybe lacking and where he could be better and and uh, try to help him both of us on from different angles. And then looking at him now, I, you know, I've even spoken with Magic in the beginning of the year and said, okay, you're working with Raf now and Raf's a special guy, you know, and he he knows how to make you fast. And he's probably going to upset you numerous times because he's going to do something that would be completely the opposite of what you would want to do. And rather than getting too overly involved, Mm. you need to just work with through the process and realize that you might have to throw Mm. something away once or twice in order to, to gain that extra you know it's like okay. taking a step back to make those two steps forward in a sense you know but you're not taking a step back you're actually stepping outside of the box and and going like whoa I, that was weird and uh you know i i used Raphael and i used to have a little thing i mm-hmm. i would say Raphael, right. tap me on the shoulder right before you push me off and say give it a little bit more and then and then i then i knew that oh shit he's done something and i don't know what he did all I knew is that I had to give it a little bit more. It's so
1: cool listening to that, Greg. Yeah, I can't brilliant. tell you. This is such wonderful insight because it's the sort of thing that the majority of people don't even understand.
0: Uh, you you is, must have had that in your long track career as well, Kelv.
1: I was going to say there was a period of time. Yeah. But there was a period of time there where I would come in, fly late, get there at lunchtime, racer, practice, numbers were quite mm-hmm. scrutinized, ready to go, and... You just come in and the boy, it was just working. And you get off, they knew how you reacted when you came in. And then I didn't even have to say it. A tooth on the back? Yeah, okay. And you just had that. <laughs> it was like an instinct and uh, uh, an understanding. And it's not easy to find. That is part of the problem. It's not easy to find. And then when you've got that, you want to hang on to it, of course. <laughs> it makes yeah. it, it enables you you know to have somebody in your corner like a raffer, uh, is so cool. You get off, you don't even have to speak. <clears throat> you just look at each other and things happen. And that's brilliant. It's something that people don't fully appreciate at times, but it, it, it's the difference that makes it. Because, Greg, how often did we see you? You have a couple of poor rides and then suddenly you go three, three, three. 3 3 I mean, you've done that a lot. So you've obviously sure. had the tap on the shoulder going out for the third ride, haven't
3: you? Yeah, because yeah, if you've done two zeros like that, you know, you then you know that okay, we've we've we're either on the third bike or we're going to desperate measures, right? And, and then and, and that's when I, I will say that the only reason that I used to tell Raph to. Tap me on the shoulder is because we had numerous times where we were at each other's throats when i come in from a race maybe i was at his i was at his throat going what the f did you do man oh next time i won't do that and i mean he would we did that numerous times and um i i tried to keep it quiet and i would never i had the deal where i would never yell at raf in the pits directly i would usually wait until the races were over because we never yeah. wanted wow. to have a, a wow. disagreement and let people know that we were upset because then you let your competition know that oh dude they're messed <laughs> up now we got them you know So we used to just try to we had a we had a thing that we'd look each other in the eye and it might be you know blood red or it would be <laughs> or it was just a casual nod of the head between he and i and bajo and, um, and and you'll if you if you pay attention you'll see the same with Raphael and Magic in the future you'll you'll notice if the camera fl- comes in when Ra- when he comes in from a good race they'll have a nod body on their head and some sort of a, a you know a little thing they do together and if yeah. it looks like it's not right you'll see you know there there are there's you have to find that camaraderie between each other that body language that body lingo whatever to make it work and that's what I told told uh, Magic in the beginning of the year you're going to have some teething periods and it can be baby steps sometimes because you guys aren't going to figure out how much to trust each other and learn from it.
0: And we, and we never saw that on the cameras, Kelv, did we? No. We never saw Greg having a go at his, t- his pit crew, whereas other riders like Nicky... Nicky Patterson? Nicky would, Nicky would throw everything. Yeah, was
1: the TV. TV. <laughs> <laughs> to the bunch. Here it comes, Michael here it comes. Try and destroy the stadium <laughs> in time, <to> time. <laughs> <laughs> Because Because that man (laughs) did lose his rag and he wasn't worried about who saw or who, who, he didn't care. Um, But I want to focus just before we (laughs) move on to other areas, I want to focus on the top six. Is there anybody else, Natalie, that you'd like to talk about in the top six that you feel could have done better or overachieved or you thought were a little bit fortunate?
2: Um, be- before the season started, I said, I tipped Leon Madsen to be world champion this year. Um, he's obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but I think he's had a lot to deal with over the, the close season. He's had a couple of operations and that can't be, that can't be easy to, to get back on the bike after going through what, what he's been through. Um, we've not really mentioned Freddie Lindgren, have we? And I'd I, I say I've, I've enjoyed watching Freddie this season. I think, you know, he, he pulled off some brave moves, some hard ones at times, which I think we've come to expect really from, from Freddie, but he was, he was really consistent. Yes. He benefited from, you know, the point system, right. You know, in the early days, but his body language on the podium on Saturday night was clear for all to see, you know, uh, he, he really felt that at the very least silver was going to be, uh, you know, his medal this year. And, and I just wonder, you know, he's 35 now. It, this year was the closest he's ever been to a world title. And mm. I wonder how many years he's got. I mean, Greg will argue that age is no obstacle at all. So, But I just wonder how many years he's got left to, to, to claim a world I, I, title. I
1: don't, I don't think he's going to have the longevity that Greg did. I don't think many people will because uh, the way Freddie rides, um, the fact is, is that that's wild at times and he takes some chances. And I think that that uh, can catch up with you. Um, and I, I, think, I think Freddie has, in, he's upped his game. He seems to be more focused. He's not quite the same guy that exactly, you knew, exactly. uh, Nige, is he? Um, back in the day at Wolverhampton. Yeah. He, he has, he's got, uh, I don't want to be too harsh, but there is, there's some, sometimes there's some cynical stuff that goes on the track that I'm not always an approve of. I don't, I don't always like it.
0: Well, I can take your point, Calv, but by the same token, maybe this is something that Freddie has had to do. He's changed his life completely. He's married. His wife's expecting. Um, you know, Freddie has, has has moved to Andorra, and now, of course, he's based in Poland. This is something that Freddie has done that maybe he needed to do to be knocking on the door as being world champion. Now, he's 35. Yes, I get that point completely. He's 10 years older than, uh, than Bartosz. But he is fitter than I have ever known him. He is super fit. You know, he's always out on the on the push bike, he's always out running. You know, he is a proper athlete now. He's lean and mean. Um, and sometimes he's more mean on a bike than he should be. Maybe, but um, I think he's a real deal. And maybe this is something he's had to do to propel himself into world championship contention. And I would think these next five years, 35 to 40. If he doesn't win a world title in the next five years, then he will never win one. But he, he'll be there or thereabouts because he's such a great rider. And what he does do, I don't know what, what Greg thinks or, or Kel thinks, because now these boys have ridden the bike. Yeah. What I like about Freddie is that he picks the right part of the track at the right time. And, you know, he, he's very intelligent as a speedway rider in terms of, I need to try the chop up the inside, or I need to go out wide and get the dirt, or up the banking, or I'll ride mid-track and split through the two of them. I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've not been a rider. But I do think that Freddie is an intelligent rider. And yes, I would accept Greg Ankelve, that occasionally he may just step over the mark and take a risk or two. Yeah, he he, he does. And, and, and Leon Madsen can
1: do it as well. Um, he can run the bike at you. And as I say, I, I, I'm not in favour of that. Um, Nat, you fancied him for the world title I I didn't, I don't know what you thought um, Greg, after his fantastic uh, season last year where his speed at times was just incredible, he could pass people for fun, he didn't quite have that speed this season, but has he got a championship in him?
3: You know what he he probably does. I I didn't I didn't tip mm. him to win this year either. I didn't mm. think after last year, some the speed they had last year for me was questionable. Sure. Sometimes I'm like, how where does he get now? I mean, it was like, come on, there was speed left guys standing still and passing them like they were nothing. But you know, when you're hey, when you're on, you're on, right? And it's um and, and that's how it, that's how it goes. I I figured that this year, no matter what, his injuries didn't look to me like they hurt him, or his his operations don't look like they hurt his riding whatsoever. I think that uh, he, for me, I think he just uh, he had a good shot at it last year, and this year it was like, wow, I, he still had the speed at times, but just. Yeah. He does like exactly what you said, Kelvin. He, he points the bike sometimes, and he makes he can cause himself trouble sometimes. And he doesn't like a, a track that's a little bit inconsistent, a little bit too grippy. It's got to be smooth, slick, and easy, much like Laguda. So you've got to have a, there's this perfect track, and then those guys sure, are dangerous. But be. if the tracks were all like they were in Rock Love, we would have had a pretty interesting series. You oh, know? The man yeah. that
1: I thought that was going to just clean yeah. up and go through the card everywhere. He was going to be unbeaten all year. Emil Syfuginoff. Um I wasn't alone in predicting or tipping him to be world champion. Um, and I don't know what goes on there. I just don't get it. I mean, he's such a talent. He's been around now, what, He 2009 he burst on the scene, Nigel. And, wow, well, inconsistent every time. Start slowly, they finally get it together, but it all comes a little bit too late, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a naturally talented speedway rider and I love watching him and he's a really nice bloke as well. Uh, But being a nice guy doesn't mean anything. You know, we refer to it in commentary a lot super nice guy and all the rest of it. It doesn't mean anything as a speedway rider. I'm yeah. a nice guy. i had to deal with that. That's why I drink now heavily. <laughs> <laughs> Guinness is good for you, yeah.
1: No, It's the best recovery drink after a ride, I'm telling you. 60 miles on the pushback, Guinness
0: is the answer. Don't talk to Greg about Guinness with Richard <laughs> Clark in London because he misses a train stop here or there and ends up where he shouldn't be. But anyway, that'll be in the autobiography, Greg, I hope. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I think that just because you're a nice guy doesn't mean that you know, you're know you the real deal as a speedway rider. Same in football. I know I know really nice guys who are football managers, and, and Nat does as well. That doesn't make you a really good football manager. Uh, maybe Emil needs a bit more of a ruthless streak. Maybe he needs to get a little bit more, more angry here or there. And Greg might be listening to this thinking... Pearson doesn't know what he's talking about. I've seen Emil in the pits, you know, and all the rest of it. Greg, you've got a privileged position. But Emil is a naturally talented speedway rider. He's got a great style on the bike. Um, If he does not ever win a world speedway (laughs) title, then I will have to say whatever caused the decision to sit out the Grand Prix for those years, whether it was Emil himself or external influences, then I hope that that decision to sit out the Grand Prix does not cost him a world title because when you sit down in front of your grandkids in however many years it is, you can, you can say I was champion of the world in Greg's case, four times, Kelvin, your case as world long track champion, three times. Emil may not ever be able to say that. And I hope he doesn't regret it because of that decision,
3: because we all know what a great rider he is. I believe that Emil is just not hungry enough as a, as a writer for sure. And too much around his whole team makeup is trying to be somebody that he's not. And um, I believe that he's uh, with him and his makeup. They, you know, he's, he's been an avid fan of Tony Rickardson for a lot of years and they work. uh, His mechanic used to work for both Golub and Tony, so there's a lot of influence there about how they, they had a lot of success, you know. And Emil is not Tony, and Emil is not Thomas Golub. Emil is Emil Saifadinov, who is very talented and very good at what he does. Uh, but perhaps he puts a little bit too much belief and effort into his uh, the, the things around him rather than just focusing on the big carrot, and that's winning. And um, what does it take for me to win? I want to win bad. i got to go here, and i got to go there. And sometimes it just feels like you can almost see the the look in his eye you can see the way he walks that he's not going to have a good day today and yeah. um and that's I, I just change. don't for me overall i just don't feel like he's hungry enough and it, it uh, frustrates me and i i get
1: i it frustrates me when i'm on commentary when you see a guy come out and he goes no nor one and you sort of think here. and then and then he goes three three and. Uh, or three and and, there's not not one and then it drifts away and then the next meeting he's like on fire and you sort of think how can you be so inconsistent it must be mentally i think that must be very difficult to come to terms with because you never know what you you never know what's going to happen when you drop the clutch you you know
3: it's it's i don't think it's right no, not at all. Like, yeah, exactly. He's really? it, it must be really tough four. for him to go to the starting line sometimes because really he's. Uh, I don't know if he's 100% sure. And how many years did he sit out of the GP? Was he out completely? Was it three years? Those are crucial years because those were prime time Emil at his best. Would um, you have regarded Emil,
0: you know, as, as a serious rival, as a world title contender had he not sat it out? Man. oh yeah for
3: sure had he not opted out absolutely without a doubt that kid was unreal and you saw i mean he was he was fearless there and he had a few accidents that probably was just part of the youth mm. in the beginning because he he threw it out there and like freddie does the same like you guys said there you know yeah. freddie does things sometimes and you go why did he do that and um because he, if he would have just taken a step back he probably would have made the pass the next lap anyway but sometimes sometimes he just you know it's just there's a mental stop there and Amiel was just young at the time, and uh, I think that there was outside influence that that uh, convinced him not to. It, it,
1: it will. Um, it That's may fine. be something that he lives to regret. Uh, I hope not. I hope not too. Um, we, yeah, Greg. We know the wild cards. Um, I don't think there were too many surprises there. Yeah, I hope um, not too.
3: I Max so. Frick
1: yeah. winning on Friday, and that I'm sure will have plenty to say about this. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, now, why do but you say that? <laughs> Bellevue, oh, here we go. The
0: Bellevue, the, um, the Bellevue fan club around. <laughs> the Bellevue fan club go
1: town. She's got the rattle and the hooter and the bag. And um, <laughs> give me an
0: A. <laughs> give me an E. Give me an A. What do you got? <laughs> Aces.
1: Um, so, uh, any thoughts on the wild cards or pretty much as you
3: thought? It's really tough these days because, I mean, the format is so different now with, with having only six riders qualify and, and uh, the way this whole year went off. I, I don't know. Um, Max, Max did so well the other night. I expected Max to do better this year overall. But although it was his first season, he, he has had some ups and downs and, and trying to, trying to uh, mm. find a way forward, you know, new mechanics. and Do you think that was a
0: straight shootout between Max Frick and Jack Holder, because Jack has been riding so superbly. Do you think that Max's win on Friday perhaps has given him the edge over Jack for a spot in next year's mm-hmm. series? How about that for a question?
3: I don't know, because Jack's still young and up and coming, and and um, yeah, can't have,
0: done, can't have done any harm. No, done. I don't
3: think so. I think that Max's overall appearance and what he's done, probably it helped to have that win. But, um, I. I no, not at all. I mean, what, I don't know why they would take Jack over Max at this point, unless they just felt that there was a, a connection somewhere from the holder past or what have you. But um, no, I think Max deserves, I think that was a good choice for him. And he's, he's going to get better, you know, Vasulik, what do we got? Vasulik, Safadina, Laguda oh. and then Sanders Thompson's here. are to look over the field there, I can't really say who else I would have given a spot to. Um, so we've got the Sy, uh Saifudinov. Exactly.
1: Vasilik. Vasilik is a guy that I like. Uh, he takes his job very seriously. He works very hard. Um, and he's back in. Uh, I don't know how much, how much more there is there, Greg. I don't,
3: I don't know if he can be a top three man. I don't think so. I, I have my doubts about him too. You know, he's, he's, he's been there in a long time and he's but he, he stays at one level constantly. And, um, you know, again, uh, if you've, if you've got a team of guys around you that are just telling you you're good um you're only as good as what's going on, you know, but if you got guys that are pushing you constantly to be a little bit better, I feel like he is very complacent. He's, he is where he is. And he rides the same way. I don't see any change in his riding style anything that he does. And I, I believe in this day and age, you have to be constantly trying to improve and changing a little bit here. Something in your starting technique, something in your riding style. And then you're, with your mechanics too, you can see when they're making those subtle changes. And I don't see that with him. Somebody what about Robert Lambert?
1: We're, we're excited, obviously, that Robert won the European Championship exactly. and gets uh, an invite into the series. Um, he's a rider that's done pretty well in the league this year as well. And it's been going well in in uh in sweden um do you think he can make his mark at the gp next year
3: i believe so i like robert and i i've, I've always kind of admired his his skills from the from an earlier earlier stage too and uh, seeing what he did you know obviously qualifying for the grand prix this year was not a shock at all and you know being for him to ride alongside ty and in the, in the world speedway world cup there too for uh, a couple of years and had a lot of success. I think that tie really lifted Robert's game and really lifted his, his confidence level. And, um, and now that kid understands that he can beat the best in the world. And if he wants to do it, he can do it.
1: No, um, it's been double headers this year. And um, I think you and I've really enjoyed them. I think most people that we've chatted to have enjoyed them as well. The reaction um, from the weekends has been positive. Could you see that something uh, remain moving forward in in, in the uh, in the new seasons coming up?
0: I'd love to see it continue, Kelv. Uh My only concern is that obviously the extra league run on, on Friday nights as well. So, say we're back to ten rounds in uh, 2021 and uh, a normal calendar. Obviously, we're not going to be totally normal next year, as we know, because this, this uh, COVID situation is not going to change in, you know, in, in, in the near future. But so we're back to a 10-round calendar uh, spread over next year. Um, even last year, when there was uh, qualifying on the Friday, there were riders missing because of the extra league. So mm. it would need closer cooperation between uh, the extra league and BSI, IMG, the FIM. It would need that to happen. Um, but I am all in favour of it. I think back-to-back, back, Friday, Saturday. Friends I've got in the village where I live, they say to me, oh, we love it. We know when it's a Grand Prix weekend, that's Friday and Saturday night on the telly, sorted. Yeah. They absolutely love it. Um, Chris Van Stratton, the Wolverhampton promoter, texts me today, um, Kelv, you need to listen to this and that, congratulations on great entertainment on the TV over these four weekends. I've loved it. Not sure it's good on the waistline, however. <laughs> and takeaways on a Friday and a Saturday delivered. <laughs> good old Chris. Good old Chris.
1: I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are, Greg. Um, I don't know if you've experienced that. Of course, you're used to riding <laughs> uh, regularly uh, on consecutive nights. But what about back-to-back GPS? Would you fancy that?
3: Well, I I think that uh, the back-to-back thing has been uh, has been awesome. They. What they did this year was, uh, you know, you we probably would have, have uh, argued about it before, but when I saw how they did it, the way that it helps you to reduce downtime and really focus on practice race, practice race immediately, I, I, I think it was great because then you just, you get everything done so quickly and yeah. you, um, the only thing would be a bummer is if you had an accident or something went wrong on, on one night and you needed a couple of days to recover. You don't have those time. That, that's, but, you know, it's racing and that's how it's going to be. The biggest issue is exactly what you just said about the extra Liga. And this has been a big uh, thing that's, that's angered me for years or frustrated me because the the Polish speedway is so big now. It is so powerful and it's got so much going on that it, and it's such a business that the, the they forget or they don't seem to really take into consideration the, uh, the, the, tiredness the anxiety the stress the everything that the rider has to deal with with going from a to b to a to b you know days in before and days out and then the you know preparing for a world championship you want to be ready and for yourself and you want to be rested and well and it's really not possible anymore you pretty much got to be on your mark constantly and then going racing and then the next day you've got to be in poland at certain time at in 35 degree weather and have your shirt on four hours before the race otherwise you'll get a big fine and if you're if you do this wrong you know there's a lot that goes into it and i i would i don't understand how the fim and and these leagues cannot really get together and mutually Find a, a common ground to to make this work, mm-hmm. and give everybody the chance. So that we're talking about riders now. We're not even we're forgetting the mechanics. You know, the mechanics work. They bust their butts. They busted their asses to get from A to B, and and most of the time they've got to be there. The bikes have got to be clean. They've got to be in this position. They got to be there. And they've just driven eighteen hours or fourteen hours to get from A mm-hmm. to B to make sure that they're there on time. And they've got to perform. And think about those hours and the speeds they're doing on the motorways and you, they're, the fact that there aren't more accidents and more things that have happened is is frightening or is good, but it's frightening at the same time. I I just feel that they, the product could be so much better if the riders could be focused and, and uh, rested and the same with the mechanics and make the whole program last that little bit longer. I've shared my thoughts with... With Armando and I've and uh, Polish league, they don't care. I don't think they really care about my thoughts, you know. But the,
0: these bridges, these bridges can be crossed. Get everyone on Zoom. You don't have, you don't even have to come over the Atlantic. The rest of my case. You yeah. know, let's just get everybody on Zoom for a Zoom call, mm-hmm. and let's just but talk about things. Right, right now,
1: there's friction there, and I sense that they yeah. But
0: even... Kelv, I I respect the Polish point of view because that's where they've got the sponsorship, the revenue. They can they could run behind closed doors. That is where the money is, and that is where the riders go. And the riders earn more money through the extra leaguer, and this is where the problem is. But we could go on all night about that, or all day. Yeah, we get
1: Um, away from the original point. Um, the original point was: Is that do we fancy double headers? But yes, I, like yes. them. I like them. Oh no! I think Ashley likes them.
2: Yeah, and I like the
1: them. <laughs> Sorry, I got carried away yeah, there. Yeah, yes. Just keep your gob shut. <laughs> think I, think go was, go right. I think it was great. Just go into the kitchen and have another Guinness and come in ten minutes. Um, <laughs> so I, did I. I, I, I wondered. That this was just a thought: whether the like, for example, whether we could have double headers, not at every night, every meeting every Grand Prix meeting. But maybe like when you go to the in Warsaw, Cardiff, maybe the temporary tracks, you know, it's a big effort to put a temporary track in for one night. The tracks have improved. They could they can handle a couple of nights of racing. Maybe that would be a way of actually sort of like having three or four double headers through. A
0: compromise, bit. Kelf. Yeah,
1: a bit of a compromise. I wouldn't want to see it every time, I don't think, but I think, you know, to have three or four double-headers through the season. I think that would be quite cool. And whether that would be something that might be acceptable to the extra-league as well. You're not saying that every time there's a Grand Prix, you can't have a Friday night. But maybe there could be a negotiation where we could have three, could the GPs have three Fridays for three double-headers through the season? And that, that might be more,
3: more, more practical. I don't know what, what Greg's thoughts, what you, what you think about that. I think that's a great idea, and I also think that the, you know it wouldn't be that difficult for if they did double headers, that would relieve a lot of more weekends for the extra Liga. If you think about it, right? So they could still run their weekends that they might potentially miss. And also, I think it would be good too if they if um, not to go back to the subject, but just adding to it, if the FIM kept the day before a, a, an off day and the day after a Grand Prix and off day, it would definitely increase more fan interaction with the riders because they could you know you could you could relish in more of the celebration after the event. Signing, there could be more things set up sessions, so that so people chess. could honor it or something yeah. could happen around the sport and make it even mm. that much more mm. interesting. Rather than the riders trying signing sessions. Yeah, anything, any sort of activation or involvement. That uh, could be a you know a, a party in the park sort of a deal to celebrate and whatever it can be all sorts of stuff you know, but um, that would just give. Uh, other than that, the riders and the mechanics they've got to rush like crazy to get the van, the vans packed up, jump in the car to drive back to to Poland for the following day and everyone's beaten. I mean, as just winning the World Championship for Bartosz and then having to go drive somewhere else the next day, he can't really celebrate his World Championship and I know this myself. I've had to do it. You know what? The go best thing, the thing you could count on guaranteed the following go. day in the extra <laughs> league match after a Grand Prix win, so you could say, I'm
0: glad they don't have that for commentators. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I'm sure there's been
1: times on the way back to the airport we may have, may, it would have been a bit tough and go, I think, maybe. That's why you always
0: drive,
2: Kel. Yeah. <laughs> could, could you you two handle two nights in cardiff then
1: wow <laughs> um, I, know, I, don't know, I don't know if i'd make monday night eurosport i think that might be a bit touching go That's just...
0: <laughs> i remember uh, 1993 hey, one when sam won in uh, pocking. pocking am i right greg pocking yeah yeah was that a sunday afternoon greg yeah sam won his one and only world title And then travelled back um, overnight, Sunday into Monday. And on the Monday morning at 11am was the Dudley Wolves Trophy, Cradley versus Wolverhampton. (laughs) And in Sam's first or second ride, I can't remember, Greg, he just slid off the bike inexplicably. And I can only put that down to a lack of concentration or fatigue. And then, then that was 11 in the morning at Dudley Wood, Greg. And at 7.30 that night, we were all back at Montmagreen for the return leg uh-huh. for another meeting, uh-huh. Wolves versus Cradley.
1: Uh, I think I would have pulled a sickie, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, 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 that just that, That's just nonsense. And when, and when you talk about that now, I can remember early days of Poland um, when I was riding in Britain. And, Greg, you'll, you'll relate to this. You'll understand this entirely. I was riding in the UK... I was riding the Swedish league and then Poland opened up and it wasn't so easy to get into Poland. Then sure. You had to go via Warsaw all the time. You had to be stamped as well and then traveling through the uh, to the yeah, uh, meeting yeah. there. Or, Ber- or Berlin. I mean, that was tough. I can remember sleeping on my, uh, my kit bag regularly because I rode for Wroclaw and I had to fly out of Tegel. I was always sleeping there. On my bag, and then trying to get to a meeting the next day. I mean, that was tough because you couldn't fly to Torin, you couldn't fly to Bidgosh or Zhezhov or Poznan, you just couldn't do it. And that was tough, that was really tough.
0: I'll tell you what, boys, you could have had a proper job nine to five in an office. That's yes, right. Well, well, Dolly
1: was talking about going nine to five after the first two. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately he salvaged that and he's put that on the back burner but it is there, he's thinking <laughs> about right. at some point in the future Christoph Kastrzak uh, Oliver Burnson, and Matty Zagar <laughs> are the three who were known that they were Grand Prix riders before the Grand Prix season even started, that's the pandemic year for you um, we know about Zagar I've been disappointed with Zagar I'm sorry to say, I think he was just going through the motions most of the time um, Oliver Burnson's a guy that burst on the scene a few years back, sort of went missing, but then he's sort of reestablishing himself. Um, Greg, do you fancy that he can hold his own in a Grand Prix? Or is he going to find that
3: quite tough? He'll find it very tough. Um, it's going to be hard for him. He might have a few good moments, you know, and it's, he's, he's just, you know, he, he's a little dude, right? He's a really short little guy and he is very talented, but he yeah. started, he changed his chassis two years ago started using these smaller, more like Yano Peterson used to use something similar that Jawa makes. This has helped him a lot, but he's still missing some key points. And I, he he was quite lucky in the in the challenge there, right? Um, uh, the way it, the way it all worked out. But yeah, hey, you need a little luck sometimes. But the kid works hard. He's he's more fit than most of the guys out there. He really tries his, his best to do what he's got to do, and and but there's still there's still a lot of um, there's still a lot of steps he's got to cross to get there. But he qualified, man, and you never know. The guy might just have the one of those years he very stays injury free nice and, and, and to doesn't to get Tony beat Ricartin by the system earlier
1: in the lockdown period of the summer. And uh, he was very kind enough to talk to us, two Herberts. Um, but he was. <laughs> we asked him about Swedish Speedway and the lack of talent coming through. And his reaction took us a bit by surprise. He was... He, I think he used the word disgraceful.
2: He did. Uh, I he can, did. Yeah, I can... And that.
1: He, he, he said that SWIMO had been very lax in actually capitalising really? on what he achieved and subsequently the status of the sport in the country at that time. And I and, and you've had a home in Sweden for some time. I just wondered what your thoughts were on that because it does seem a surprise to me because I rode in Sweden for a decade and Speedway was big and
3: and successful and now they're struggling for youngsters. I would I would agree with Tony. To I, I probably wouldn't say disgraceful, but um, the, the toughest thing is they tried to make Andreas Johnson Tony hmm. Rickardson after Tony retired. And that was tough because Andreas needed to be Andreas. You're never going to replace Tony, so you got to let you've got to let that part go, right? But they could could have probably. It's not easy, also, just to to capitalize on Tony's success when you don't have somebody standing right behind to take over and and be a, a natural, yeah. you know, <laughs> a natural hero and and so good with the media that he was and so good with everything. He was he was Bruce Penhall of Sweden, you know. That's the way we look at it, and um, it it just didn't work, but. Um I, I think that Sweden is definitely is missing a lot and their their junior speedway program is is virtually non-existent. You know, there I've I've had conversations with FAMO myself over the years and, and proposed my own services to help build uh work with the, the youth and do things. But you know, they have their own ideas and their own plans and they want to do it this way. But uh the last conversation I had with Tony Olson uh, three years ago and I, I actually um, met with him sat actually set up a time to meet him and talk about the future of Swedish Speedway and I said you know I, I obviously I don't want to see the sport suffer because I, 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 I love this country I love the Speedway here you know obviously I have ties to Sweden with my wife and family and what have you and a lot of great sponsors and mechanics etc but why don't they have a similar system like they have in poland to to breed these youngsters and have the the two juniors in the team they should be swedish and they should be under 21 and it and that's that's a great thing but the only the only thing they can come back is that we don't have enough riders well i said you you don't have to do it now yeah but you have to start now it's gonna might take two three four five years to get there but right now you have nothing the kids the there's there's a lot of foreign writers even in their their yeah. all swedish league which is one level below the X, the elite series there it, it really is lacking and so tony is tony is right in in many ways i it's a bummer and i can't say that tony olsen is doing a, a bad job it's been i know that i enjoyed a fantastic time riding out there
1: and i'm sure you did as well um and it's a lovely country, but it, it is always a surprise to me now where they are it's struggling here. for some new, uh,
0: new talent. But we, we will see how that develops. When we were in lockdown, Kelv, in the UK, um, I was thinking we're going to lose an entire Speedway season. When will we ever see another football match? When will we, when will we ever go to another Speedway meeting? Um, I think it's fantastic that the European Championship went ahead. We've seen a Grand Prix series over eight rounds, and the back-to-backs have been fantastic. I can't criticize anything of it. I think that it's just been brilliant that in a pandemic we have still been able to pull through with a Danish final, you know, with a British final, with the um, the Grand Prix series and the European Championship. I'm just really relieved that we've been able to see some speedway. I've got to say that one of the highlights has been and we've still got another one to do now with the Speedway of Nations, has been speaking to Greg and yourself, Kelv, with um, Talking Dirt, Fueled by Monster Energy. Um, <clears throat> I think that's been fantastic. A magazine show, and I'm sure Nat can agree with this, that a half-hour magazine show is what Speedway fans have been wanting for ages. You know, the most recent edition, we've heard from Greg in California. We've heard from Jason Crump. You know, we've we've heard from several other people. I think it's been brilliant. It's all positive. We have Speedway. Yes, there's question marks over certain things which are worth debating, but congratulations to Bartosz. I think it's been brilliant. Mm. And Greg, it's great that you're still involved with the sport. I truly think it's been wonderful that we've got World Championship Speedway and I can't wait for the Speedway of Nations as well. Um, I think Nat and Scott have done a great job on BT Sport and we're still on we're still really in uncertain times um so we i think we have to celebrate the fact that you know we've we we've had speedway and we've had a new uh, well not a new world champion we've had a back to back world champion we've had some great racing it's been really positive um, and and also this podcast throughout the course of the year uh, we've caught up with Boogaloo Dennis Sigalos you know some friends, Rick Miller uh, Bruce Pennell, you know, the, the guests that we've had on this podcast, uh, it's just been wonderful. Thanks to um Guy Nichols at True Plant, but also to the Bates boys at PBHS, who I know Greg knows fairly well because they were very close to Darren Bucock. And you know, um, the boys in Barnsley, Paul Bates, and the team there, PBHS, you know, you remember them, Greg, from yep. your time in the UK. Great, gr- great guys, and
3: uh, there's a lot of positives. Absolutely. You know, everything you said there, it's all positive. And, you know, you got good names and good people. And obviously the, yeah. um, the Nichols family there too with Drew Plant. Those guys, look at what they're doing for Speedway now. It's sad the pandemic is there. But um, it's good to have these kind of people to help keep the sport alive and to, to try to take it to another level. And once uh, we can find some sort of new normality, it's going to be fun to see the leagues grow again and, and see what everybody does.
1: Seriously, Nat, you know, looking back on the series – um, I'm sure you've enjoyed it working with Scott at BT, um, and has been thrilling to do that again. But the, the series itself is—have um, you liked it? Have you enjoyed it?
2: I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, again, only positives positive things to say in in what has been a challenging year for, for everybody. And we're, we're so fortunate in this sport that we've been able to see uh, Speedway continue in one form or another, to, to have eight rounds of a Grand Prix series when we would normally, in a, in a normal, in inverted commas, year, we would see maybe big 10. I think overall it's been a, a fantastic success. Um, back-to-back nights I've really enjoyed, you know, having a, a weekend of Speedway and you know the situation for for sport and for riders and for for everybody's has been quite frightening this year and it's to have the feedback from the fans that it's been a pleasure to watch it's been the highlight of people's year and in such an uncertain times, I think it's been um, it's been really pleasing, really positive, and 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 I know I don't get to see you guys as much anymore, but at the moment, but to, to do this with you as well and have a catch up with you's been uh, it's been really good. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and, and like Nigel was saying, I think um, we've still got the Speedwave Nations to look forward to as well. I can't
3: wait. I wish we could uh, get the BT sport feed over here. Cause I, I dig the studio outlook that you guys, you and Scott have there too. And it's been fun listening to when you guys had your, your <laughs> little mini magazine after each night of racing sometimes too, when you're having to having a cold one after the event and talking about how things went down, that was free that was cool though. It was good though, because then you get another insight and, and uh, you brought I think it out anyway.
2: Season now on, on BT and, and every year is, has been great. And I think, this year we we introduced kind of more analysis this year and and Scott really you know really owns that and um no it's been it's been great to, and like i say I always say it's, it's not a job for me you know it's just it's it's the dream job, but I don't feel like it's a job it's uh, it's just fantastic to work on
0: yeah, but you wouldn't do it without getting paid. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. It's going one. so well.
1: Just for a lovely, natural conclusion, and then Pearson dives in So, Well, you wouldn't do it if you weren't getting paid, would you? You, know, you wouldn't
0: get out of your front door if you weren't getting paid. You wouldn't get <laughs> yeah, out of bed. Right, in the morning, I wasn't I get, if well, I wasn't getting a chauffeur to drive me.
2: me home, then I wouldn't do oh, it. Oh,
0: listen to her. Listen to
3: her. Pearson must <laughs> be a millennial. All right. Well, we're
1: going to end there. Greg, I, I very much appreciate time the insight that you've given us uh, is just wonderful and it's going to make a great listen um uh, that's wonderful and to you Nat, um your input has been terrific you've looked after us and you've kept us a little bit more disciplined than we we only uh, may, just but we, may, we, we may have been and um, we've needed it and i i think we're gonna of course look forward to the speedway of nations but the, the championship <laughs> i agree with you wholeheartedly it's been fantastic yes. to have a championship and Bartosz Smarjlik has, has thrilled us, and I'm sure he's going to be a great ambassador for the sport. Um, so thank you, everybody, and uh, keep an eye out for the Speedway of Nations when we will be promoting that. Have you got something to say on that, night?:
0: Yeah, well, we'll do a preview and we'll do a review, yep. of course. Yep. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll maybe do a couple more after that as well. Uh, and maybe we can, do you know what? Uh, the American boys on this podcast have been fantastic. I'll make it brief, Cal, because I know I'm boring you now. But mo- I'll maybe see you we- later, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we can get Greg and Boogaloo together with maybe Siggy and, and Bruce. Maybe we can get an American podcast, be- because the reaction for these guys has been fantastic. Mm. And I know Greg said earlier that the Boogaloo podcast was one that he particularly enjoyed, and so did I... <laughs> Yes, because we could have do gone know, on. Do you know, the on podcast online.
1: cost me about 55 quid in a phone call because I had to ring him on his land. And yard. you don't
0: like spending money, Cal,
3: do you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it, it it's pretty cool, though, because you got, you got um, Bobby, I don't I don't uh, see that much these days, but Bruce, he's very in touch with what happens in the GP. Rick Miller, oh, obviously, wow, you know, is yeah. really into it. That's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. You got it, guys. Thanks for having
1: me. See you Great. later.
2: Bye, Natalie. See you soon.